Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 8, Episode 12, titled The Key. Uh, what'd you think of this episode? Man, this episode was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, it's it's more it's more stuff that doesn't I don't know it doesn't it doesn't quite make sense to me and I'm not really sure what's going on like Negan is like every fucking passable week is less and less cool and seems less and less in control and I'm yeah, more and I mean, more that's... on Team Simon yeah. <laughs> and Rick Rick just fucking loses his mind and does some batshit crazy mm-hmm. things like uh. I don't know. Like, if, if if Rick just radios the hilltop, hey, I've got Negan, I'm going to go try to cut him off, like, maybe the war's over this episode. Because yeah. all the hilltop comes rolling down, they get the saviors with their pants down. Mm-hmm. I, I I just, no, no, no one, I don't think, is in is in charge of this plot anymore. Uh, that's, that's one of the big problems that really crystallized itself in my mind this week, is how there isn't really a leader anymore. Because Rick is supposed to be the leader and Rick will come in and he'll create a strategic like a tactical plan and then somebody will break it up in this episode he's breaking it up himself like he's not even following his own damn plans right and then you've got Maggie on the hilltop who I view as like the true leader but she is still clinging to this idea that Rick is the actual leader but still, like no, like Michonne doesn't kind of see it that way. I mean, no one really yeah. sees sees Rick as the leader. And there's nobody a- sitting back and setting strategy. Like tactics are involved, but strategy is not. Uh, are we going to see Jesus this up this season? I don't know, man. They but, might just you know what we got one too many cast members. Yeah. We don't want to pay him. Yeah, bring him back for nine. Right. Just just put him in. Put Jesus in cold. He'll just scavenge this whole season. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's yeah. You're right because the I guess the. The other leader would be Maggie, but mm-hmm. as we've discussed, uh, Maggie coming back in a, any kind of expanded capacity in The Walking Dead is dubious because the actor herself is probably not going to come back for mm-hmm. full-time anyway because she's already got a full-time job. Uh-huh. Uh, assuming, it, like you said, the pilot gets picked up. I don't know, man. That's what I'm saying. Like This this stuff just feels like written by committee, and um, you know this this was another Greg Nicotero episode, which I was cringing because I don't think he's a very good director, mm-hmm. like any kind of long form director. Um, he's stages that uh, he he's I think his action shots are super confusing, and there's a lot of action shots in here, and there's just a bunch of you know like our. I it, I mean we 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 our 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 big picadillo with him is his like day night transitions because yeah. like there's two different episodes he's like you know <laughs> what tell me what time of day it is and there's several shots here where like are they rolling out at dawn are they rolling out at sunset who the fuck knows probably mm-hmm. dawn but I so anyway it yeah it's a mess of an episode yeah I I don't know there there were. I guess the reason that I agree it's all over the place is because, yes, it was kind of messy, but also there are a couple of nuggets in there that I really thought, I don't know if they accidentally hit on these mm-hmm. points, and and it just happened to come together in a way that I thought was interesting huh. uh, and could have been good writing. But there's there's a couple of small nuggets in there that I'll talk about. Right to me, to okay, I'm I'm curious to see which nugget you think because to me the Simon Dwight stuff is the only thing I thought was believable or interesting, and it would have been much it more believable and interesting had you know the, everything else been working uh-huh. because to me 
uh, the way they are framing this, there's really no reason for any smart, powerful person to support Negan at this point. Sure. Like, he is, uh, uh, Negan is, in, in this iteration of The Walking Dead, just seems like a bullshitter. Uh-huh. Uh, who has been called on his bullshit. So, and we know Simon's good at that. Simon, if he can do one thing, he can call bullshit. <laughs> Very loud and, and, and punctuatedly. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we get into the recap? Before we get to the episode, I want to talk a little bit about housekeeping. Uh, we just we just inked the deal uh, last week. We'll be returning to Con of Thrones this year. Uh, Con of Thrones will not be returning to Nashville, Tennessee. They've moved to Dallas, Texas. It's going to be May 25th through 27th, 2018. That's this year. I uh, don't know why I had to clarify that. Probably should have left it out of the promo. But uh, tickets are available. Jim and I will be there doing a bunch of panels. There's also got a lot of guests that they've already announced. And they're adding people daily. Um so far, I saw that they had the actors playing Gilly and Shay and Cyril Farrell and Raw. Cyril Farrell. The, ah, the, Cyril's back. All yeah, right. Miltos was a lot of fun last year. Yeah. Uh, and like I said, they're adding more line, uh, more to the lineup every every week. Uh, a lot of your favorite podcasters and the Game of Thrones personalities are going to be there. There's going to be tons of cosplay uh, opportunities. Uh, looks like it's going to be a really good time, even bigger and better than last year. So if you're at all interested... In Game of Thrones, or you just want to meet Jim and I, we will be in Dallas once again, uh, May 25, 25th through the 27th. And you can go to conofthrones.net to check out additional details and to purchase your tickets. As far as baldmove.com, uh, we are going to be dropping tomorrow a commission podcast on the 2014 horror film It Follows, which Jim declared his favorite horror movie in a long time. The best horror movie in a long yeah. time. Uh, I'll stand behind it, too. That, that, that's, that's quite the recommendation from such a horror buff such as himself. Uh, we'll also be seeing this Thursday a preview of uh, Isle of Dogs, the new Wes Anderson stop-motion film, which looks like it's going to be a lot of fun for bald movies. And then uh, something else Jim and I have been doing uh, is we're on Twitch, twitch.tv slash baldmove. We are streaming different video and video game content uh mondays and wednesdays at 4 p.m eastern for a couple hours and then we've been streaming here and there uh but tomorrow tuesday uh tuesday the 20th we will be streaming starting at around nine o'clock in the morning sea of thieves the just released uh piratical video game we're gonna see if we can uh see if we can take over the high seas bald new style mm -hmm. i have no I, I haven't played the game i watched it's being streamed a little bit um I don't know. Can I load you into a cannon and fire you? I hope so. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, that's that's my. If I can, if I can, if I can just, if I can just shoot you out of a cannon, my my life will be complete. Uh, check that out at Twitch.tv/baldmove. We've actually been doing this for a couple weeks and haven't really told anybody. We've got a complete playthrough of Star Control Two, the classic 1992 video game. We played a couple hours of uh, Into the Breach. The new turn-based uh, strategy game is kind of like Pacific Rim. Uh, that was a lot of fun, and we got lots of plans going forward. Twitch.tv slash baldmove. Check all that stuff out, baldmove.com. Yeah, so we do this Nicotero thing where we get extreme close-ups on everybody's face with some kind of crazy fisheye lens where Negan's grinning like a fucking idiot. Simon is scowling, and Dwight just rubs his head all confused. It's all an extreme close-up. It's all in slow-mo. Yeah, the faces, the more more faces. They more really face just love these things. Yeah, man. it really, really builds the tension. Silent faces. It really builds the tension. Negan goes to visit Dwight, uh, who's been confined to his room, and brings him uh, beer. Negan has 
the intelligence to suspect Dwight of foul play because, you know, Dwight has been doing foul play, uh, but... Dwight looks so nervous and so guilty and so yeah. hangdog. And but this... it's like Eugene in every scene he's in, right? Like, but, but that's Eugene. Like Dwight, uh-huh. Dw- I, I've seen Dwight act differently, and so has Negan. And Negan gives him that kind of like you know like dad look, and then it's like ah, I can't stay mad at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's like, come on, we gotta go fuck up the hilltop, and he leads his flock in selling their blades and arrows in zombie gore. But then it's I don't understand the plan because like to me they should have shown them dipping bullets in gore. That's what I was gonna say, yeah. Because he's like, now don't just clip. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, wound people in the legs and go and scratch them with your hatchet and run off going tee hee tee hee. Like, I mean, arrows, arrows and spears, I buy that. You know that that that'd be awesome. But I just, in fact, I thought maybe I did miss it. There's a couple points last night where I remember thinking, I feel like I missed a scene because we got talking or wasn't paying attention or, or whatever. And it turns out, no, some of this stuff is just doesn't seem like it makes sense. There, mm-hmm. It's very like, oh, when you shoot, just shoot the maim. We want him to turn. But yeah. Again, you didn't show your... Uh, the, the logistics of that don't work out. Yeah. Like, the hilltop has guns. Yeah. And they have a fortified position. And every incentive to kill you. And and you've got... You've got... Arrows, fine. you yes. got a couple arrows. But the majority of what we saw is knives and hatchets and mm-hmm. Lucille. Like, what the fuck are you going to do? You're going to lose know. so many guys getting your one or two licks in. Yeah. Anyway. Also, I seriously doubt these people have the ability to handle biohazardous materials with any competence. Like, right. They're going to end up taking out more of their own people right. with this gut sludge than than taking out Alexandrians. Right. Uh, so Negan's firm of the opinion that once Hilltop gets a load of what they're cooking, they'll bend the knee, and Simon, still not on board. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dwight's going to go right off on his bike to scout ahead, but Simon says, hey, hold up, I need you to ride with me because I'm going to try to convert you. I'm going to try to convert you to the Church of Simon. Uh, Negan r- brings up the rear. He's like in the opposite of the vanguard position. He's mm-hmm. in the Dodge Charger guard of the position. And uh, he's got a bucket of zombie guts in riding shotgun. And yeah. he just, he, he, that's that's where he uh, soaks Lucille. Mm-hmm. Because. Clearly not expecting to get into a car wreck. <laughs> no. Or hit a bump. Or hit a yeah. bump in these poorly maintained post apocalyptic roads. Because, uh-huh. like, where, where are the potholes in this road? Like you've had several years of winter, winter yeah, tr- in Virginia. I I guess I don't actually know what causes potholes because when you have no cars on the road, mm-hmm. do you get potholes? I, I mean, I thought potholes are caused by cracking and yeah, freezing. expansion and, and then, contraction. Then cars and trucks make it worse. But yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe I don't if, know. No, if you don't have semis driving down the road, they'd last a lot longer. Probably true. Uh, so yeah, uh, they're going to go right off to the hilltop and, and see what happens. The other thing about this episode is because of all this crazy mano a mano shit that Rick and, and, uh, uh, Negan eventually get up to the pacing's all off mm. because I mean, I get it. You got Chekhov's bloody fucking hatchets and shit, but the build up to that goes nowhere. Yeah. And probably, and yeah, probably will go nowhere because at the end, uh, Negan, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. I think I know where you're going with that. It's, it's Simon in control now, right? And yeah. Simon has no incentive to scare these people. Simon doesn't give a shit about zombifying the hilltop. No. no. So anyway, Rick and Michonne make it back to the hilltop as prophesied by last episode. 
Mm. Yeah, uh, and here's where things really the wheels fall off the episode for me. Oh yeah, yeah. They're they're because because you just see Judith and just you just can't. And she every time Judith's face is up there, it's TNT in your brain. Well. Uh, <laughs> It just demonstrates that this show is a series of unconnected scenes. When when they want to go for a dramatic moment, they go for it. Mm-hmm. Continuity be damned. Mm-hmm. If if you watch this this series of scenes here, Rick is approached. He's given Judith. He's cradling her in his arms, and he walks off screen as Daryl looks at him. Yeah. Cut to Rick kneeling over the grave of Carl. Judith nowhere to be found, and Daryl continuing the scene as if nothing had ever happened. Where'd Judith go? What happened between the time that Daryl decided I'm going to go after Rick and the time he got to Rick? Uh, Greg Nicotero. There's just no concern for it. Greg Nicotero doesn't. Yeah, he he literally doesn't care. Yeah, and also that. So Greg Nicotero, you know, we got problems with him, but this was written by two writers whose only previous writing oh, experience Jesus, what one the Patricia uh, pa- Patricia Arquette vehicle medium. Okay. About the, mm-hmm. the the ghost, the ghost, yeah, ghosty detective. ghost detective, yep. and the other was White Collar. Oh boy, which is a, a shitty drama that I think was on USA. Uh, Sounds right. I mean, I but but I've you know it's 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 not mentioned in the same breath as the rest of the Golden Era Television. Sure. So I don't think any of these gentlemen are particularly uh, engaged with like the finer to- points of storytelling. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, somehow Judith gets hung, uh, handed off, and Rick and Daryl have the first bromance moment since they last punched each other out last half season. Daryl kind of, sort of apologizes, or at least explains for acting unilaterally at the sanctuary, and Rick sort of accepts it. But there's no acknowledgement that had Daryl not done the things he did, Carl might still be alive, and Alexandria might not be exploded. Mm-hmm. Like there is no admission of guilt. There is like like Rick is acting as if that is there. There is this thing between them, but the, no one no one talks about it. In fact, Rick says, yeah. "No, no, you're right. Fuck this. I should have been like fuck the savers." Um, I don't know. It's a very weird scene. Uh, Rick has decided Daryl's right uh, not to not worry about the innocent people at the hill to- or at the the savior complex. Says he wants to get back in the fight and he'll be okay. And thanks him for delivering their people to safety. End scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the wall, Maggie worries if Rick can come back from this, this being the death of his son. Rosito, does anyone ever come back? Yeah, does anyone yeah. ever come back? Whatever Ros- she says. Rosito opines that he'll keep going, and the real worry is what happens after. Uh, then they do a couple, they do a little bit other more uh, low-key morgalizing, and oh, what a world we live in. And then uh, Maggie notices some milk crates stacked up with what looks like a Mylar flag tied to them. And I'm thinking, how the fuck... Did somebody get Did in? Did Secretary of State Kathy Durant uh-huh. sneak up with her two goons and stack these crates up with the shiny Mar- Mylar flag in sights of inside of the gates of the hilltop? Uh-huh. Do they have lookouts or not? What the fuck? There's a million ways you could stage this. They could have put it at the crossroads outside the hilltop, so you'd actually have to drive out. Like, what is it? I mean, mm-hmm. but they don't give a shit. It's like, oh, we need to introduce this concept. What's the most efficient? Maggie, just look out, and uh, there it is. How to get there? Ooh, what? There it is. I, it's like, oh god. I'd like to know if there's anyone in the writing room even asking these questions, and they're actually saying, well, we don't care, or they're not thinking yeah. about it. Yeah. But whatever. Um. Uh, Simon explores Dwight's loyalties while they're taking the road trip to the hilltop. Uh, he says he wants to get candid and get weird with him. Uh, Simon says they've thrown a lot at Team Rick and company. They keep on coming and they don't scare. And what does Dwight think about that? Dwight doesn't think much about it. 
That's that's Simon's opening argument, though. Yeah, Dwight doesn't say a lot about what he thinks this episode. You're supposed to read it on his face. Yeah. Well, which is tough, right? Because it's half it's, of it is useless. It's, it's like reading a book that's been been in the fireplace for thirty minutes. Like <laughs> right. it might not be complete ash, but it's hard to make out some of the some some of the words. Uh, Maggie sees the note that said uh, that was tied to the crates and says, "Fill these crates with food or records, phonograph records, and I'll give you to the key to the future." They debate whether it's a savior trap or someone who wants to genuinely help them. Uh, Michonne wants to explore the option because she's the only one, the only fucking one that is actually properly motivated by Chan- uh, by Chandler Riggs, by Carl's <laughs> death. Uh, and Maggie, Rosita, uh, and Enid pledge to go with her after a brief debate, which doesn't really go anywhere. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. If you're serious about getting people to support you or be curious why do you have this what is a, just a ludicrous demand for records for records <laughs> like food or like i'm gonna like it's just it's just it's just silly and absurd on the face of it yeah i mean it is i guess it why would any scavenger it, civilization have a stockpile of records sure that's fair if um, you want food ask for food yeah i guess if i'm being generous i'm gonna say it kind of uh, hints at what they need more. Like, if they give over food, then they're flush with food, yeah. and they probably w- would trade whatever they have for creature comforts, or, mm. you know, their the records in this case. Um, if they give you records like Maggie did, they probably need the food. Yeah. So that's what Kathy Durant's going to give them. Yeah, it's just... Uh, I'm being very, very generous, though. By, by the way, if you don't recognize the reference, Kathy Durant was... The, the yeah. only thing I've seen Georgie. Is this this uh, actor pl- be, be in before was uh, uh, House of Cards. Yeah. And that's who she played. Uh, I don't know. It's just so weird because you're right. It's like, uh, we want medicine or silly string. Fill up, <laughs> sure, fill up yeah. the crates with medicine or silly string. Fill up the crates with, with bullets or whoopee cushions. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? Anyway, uh, let's see what else. Rick is serving as a lookout for the hilltop. He sees the convoy coming, looking for trouble. Then he sees Negan bringing up the rear all alone, picks up the radio, thinks about radioing it in, decides, fuck it, Mm -hmm. and takes after Negan. Simon sees him coming but ignores the threat as Rick deliberately ignores as Rick yeah. barrels down an alley and T-bones Negan, which the timing. The timing is perfect. Good job, Rick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's 100% blind on this shot. Because here's the thing. like they, they're, they're riding out in this open field when, Nick sees, yeah. or when Rick sees them. The next shot, they're going down like this really old city it looks like mogadishu from black hawk down uh, where the streets are just wide enough for this convoy and the alley that rick's barreling down is just wide enough for his suv and they're all going about 50 miles an hour and it's just like again again the timing is approximately like what it would take to, to, to launch a rocket from earth and hit mars mm-hmm. like it's incredible it's incredible rick's timing uh an honest to god car chase ensues uh, where, yeah. you know, Rick and uh, 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 Negan are, like, grimacing at the camera, and then there's wide shots of their, their action. Uh, Simon pulls over, tells everybody to stay frosty because he sees an opportunity here. He tells them to hold the position as he and Dwight go to investigate. We then... Yeah, I mean... Go ahead. Rick Rick has made the same mistake that Daryl made mm-hmm. uh, a few 
episodes ago, a half season ago. I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, he's he's made this decision to try and end it quick. Yeah. Uh, he's come full full Daryl on this, and now he's going to get a whole bunch of people potentially killed because Simon is going to take over in the end. The thing is, I don't understand why he can't let Maggie know what's coming because, like, I've seen Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen Deputy Enos get into hot pursuit, coo coo coo, while he's on the radio back to base. Right, like you can do both things, man. You can be like t-boning negan as you're relaying a warning to the hilltop actually just doing live commentary of what he's doing would be great right oh man i see him on the road man i'm I'm going after him oh my god i think i got a chance to yeah i'm gonna take it i i I don't i I don't i'm t-boning him i'm t-boning him but here's the crazy thing we leave them in mid pursuit and Uh the next time we see rick and negan they've crashed Rick's thing smashed. Negan's on its side. Yeah. Might have been nice to show that. Don't know how that happened. Might have been nice to, <laughs> to fucking show that. Uh-huh. Like, what the fuck? It's the most exciting part, so let's not show it. Probably the most expensive, too. Yeah. Just saying. Uh, Rick gets out, gun blazing. He's got uh, an AK-47 or something like that. He fires, like, 85 rounds at Negan, mm-hmm. runs out of bullets, changes the clip as Negan runs into a building, fires maybe 10 shots, and just throws the <laughs> AK down. Maybe it wasn't a full clip that he was loading. Yeah, in yeah, the yeah. Time. Right, right, right. He this had a the, low clip. Yeah, he had the super barrel round, and then he just had the little mini, mini 10 clip. Uh-huh. Uh, he pulls out his python and starts blasting. He quickly fires six shots, and he misses with everything. And then Negan runs upstairs, and he challenges Rick with Lucille. Rick, from downstairs, throws the hatchet at Negan. <laughs> it hits b- over Negan's head, and then a second later, Negan dodges the shot that he's already missed. Through the banister. And he, and he falls somehow, dodging to the side, falls through. Through the handrail, <laughs> just destroys it. Uh-huh. And now he's got a cliffhanger situation. Yeah. And then he falls two stories. Yeah, Rick just, takes a swing at his fingers. Yeah, yeah, Rick goes up there with the hatchet like, oh, I'm going to play one little, I'm going to play, you know, this little piggy goes to town. And Negan says, fuck off and drops. <laughs> and he falls like three stories into the uh-huh. basement. Because yeah, it's a Home Alone situation here. He Totally. He drops what would probably break the legs of any normal human being. Yeah. Watch the damage that Negan should take during this episode, mm-hmm. and watch the damage that he actually takes. Yeah. He's he's not a cat. He's a fucking tank. Is right. what he is. Right. It eventually catches up to him by the end of the episode because then he blacks out. But we'll see. That's true. Um. So yeah, that's that's. But the other thing is like I the other thing is really st- staged weird. And I was going to have a big long thing about he falls into a basement that's not really a basement, but. I watched the episode, and there's weird little, like, alley that descends. So it is the basement, but there is one side that's kind of, like, dug out. Hmm. Okay. So because that's the thing. is like, wait, they're in the basement. How the fuck did they just smash out a window and, and jump outside? Like, But uh-huh. it checks out. It's the one fucking thing that checks out <laughs> in this, this show, uh, which is all the more jarring. Maggie and company pull up to a lifted custom van with two... Secret Service-looking female agents if Secret Service shopped exclusively at Urban Outfitters. Uh, A well-dressed and manicured woman identifies herself as Georgie. Uh, Her bodyguards are laughably disarmed. Ugh. Like, like... They're just laughable, period. It, it, yeah, yeah. These characters are so fucking horrible. Why? Why? Because... 
Why so colorful? Because Walking Dead can't write a, a funny character that isn't ridiculous. Yeah. And they, what am I saying? They can't even write a funny character. None of these are funny. Yeah, I I don't get it. Um, so she offers not her knowledge that's only in her head for a few crates filled with food or records, but not spoken word records because this is already not. It's like saying. Uh, or whoopee cushions, but not red whoopee cushions. I only accept blue. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then she says, "You're gonna have to trust me." Which and are I- by far the least common. I would say the red ones are the most common whoopee right. cushions. Right. I guess it would be like only accept red, not blue. Yeah. Um, anyway, she says, "I know you're gonna have to trust me." And trust sounds like, uh, like a made up word today, like flibberty shibberty. And then the other female Secret Service agent says, "Or clump," or the other one says, "Moisture." And this is what passes for comedy in this episode. Yep. Like, the people defending this Madam President-type figure are morons. Yeah. In boonie hats. <laughs> they are. Uh, Enid steps forward and says, stop! And this wasn't in the script. This is just Caitlin Nakin breaking character and saying, I can't, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> I can't. This is just, no. No, you're not allowed to say these lines. Uh, Maggie says, I'm not giving you any deal. You're going to have to come back to the hilltop for further investigation. Because otherwise, the fucking episode would grind to a halt. Uh, Rick Stocks. Uh, I, d- I didn't choose his email this week, but Travis M. had a couple of good descriptions about this scene. Uh, he described the, the van that they're in as the monster truck mystery machine, <laughs> yep. which is pretty good. And he described Georgie as Reba McIntyre playing Colonel Sanders, <laughs> which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, that's really good. That's yeah. really good. Uh, Rick stalks Negan through the basement while Negan fumbles in the dark for his beloved Lucille. They have a bunch of classic Negan-Rick dialogue. Rick wants to know, why won't you just let me save you, Rick? And he offers him a one-time deal mm-hmm. in loving memory of Carl, where if he gets to Hilltop Alexander in the kingdom to fall in line, he lowers his take to 25%, and then Rick comes to work for him as a janitor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ne- Negan's delusional. Yeah. 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 No, no, and Rick calls him on it, too. He's like, why would I trust you after what you did to Jadis' group. And I mean, this I, is the m- nugget of really good writing that I think could have been there. Yeah. And I don't know if it's intentional or what, but everybody having different pieces of this puzzle yeah. and Negan figuring out here in real time during conversation with someone Simon's else that Simon him. fucked him yeah. is good writing. Yes. That's actually really strong yes. writing, especially when we, the audience, know that we can see all the the pieces moving here. Yeah. The it's gear like- is moving. And that. That they did this in this episode, I, I can't chalk up to actually good writing. It has to no. be an accident. It's like it's like the Chipotle burrito that gives you botulism. Like <laughs> the corn salsa was probably fine. You uh-huh. know, it's 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 all wrapped up in rancid meat and 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 rice okay, has been yeah. left out for forty eight hours and sour cream that was was actually left in the sun for a day. But but, I can't, but the corn salsa is fine. But I can't applaud the guy who made the corn salsa yeah, but, but because it, everybody else fucked up along the way. But also, it's it's not like the corn salsa was like planned to be fine. They just they just just got yeah. it out of the fridge and just happened to run out of shitty. So like it's an accident that the corn <laughs> salsa was good. Exactly. You're still gonna shit for five <laughs> days and might have to go to hospital and 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 die. <laughs> but the, it's not going to be the corn salt that, that did it to you. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, then then Rick finds Lucille, and we know it's going to be on. Uh, Simon asked Dwight as they're approaching the crash location if he's ever thought of clipping Negan. And Dwight says, nah, when he took my wife and then ironed my face, never occurred to me to, to fuck him over. Uh-huh. Uh, and Simon says, but you didn't because you're a survivor. 
And he asks if backing Negan is the best play to continue being Survivor, and Dwight says he just wants to move on. Uh, they find Negan's car, and there's blood splattered everywhere because, again, he had a five-gallon fucking bucket full of zombie guts <laughs> riding shotgun with him. Yeah, uh, and, and Simon is not wrong on any of this. No, can, no. Can Simon, I just say I'm on Team Simon here? I, I am on Team Simon above everyone. Yeah, right. Like I, I want I, him to go to the hilltop. I want the massacre. I do. And this will just be the Simon show. I do. I want Simon to take over and restore sanity in this world. Yes, yes, yes. Team Simon all the way. Um, Simon says, "Hey, let's just walk away and start a new chapter here." Uh, Dwight pulls out his Sherry Memorial cigarette pack, lights one last sad half burnt cigarette, takes a long drag, flicks it to Negan's car, it's been leaking gas this whole time, and it just explodes into flame. Simon, who is fluent in speaking explosion, says, good answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think at, throughout this episode, Dwight is thinking that Simon wants to take this in a different direction, but not the direction he takes it ultimately, right? Like, yeah. I don't think Dwight understands what Simon is getting at quite. Like, he says, let's move on from what Negan had, but I think Dwight think that's, thinks that it's going to be kinder and gentler, whereas Simon is taking it the full opposite direction. Right. The, well, and, a, and, and it's it's on his face at the end when Simon, you know, rallies the troops and says, we're going to go kill everybody. Right. Uh, Dwight realizes, oh, I've misjudged that. Right. Oh, see, I thought... I don't know, the whole time I thought that Simon was trying to, like, get away from... Because that... Or, I'm sorry, Dwight was trying to get away from Negan and Simon. And what I continually wondered when he was walking and Simon's trying to gain his trust and has guard completely down, Mm -hmm. why the fuck doesn't Dwight just kill him and run off? Yeah. You know, like, optionally, part A of that plan is to go find Rick and team up with him hunt down Negan, kill him, and go back to the hilltop as a hero Yeah, with your trust. You know, I, I don't know. Like, I think it's because Dwight doesn't fully realize what Simon wants to do here. He just hears about how he doesn't agree with Negan. Hmm. And, and Simon's hoping, or Dwight is hoping that will go down a different road where they can all get along. And the other thing is the saviors seem oddly compliant. Like, like if they're all Negan, then how does that hierarchy work? Mm-hmm. Because Negan is like, he's like the rickest Rick. He's the Neganist Negan, sure. Right. But, like, I would think that at, in a, any kind of even temporary power vacuum, there would be some intense jockeying for who is the right, who is the, the, the now the, ne- the Neganist Negan there is. <laughs> yeah. But there isn't. There isn't. They're just like, okay, I guess Simon and Dwight are fucking in charge, so whatever. We'll stay here and be Aaron boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um. Maggie, back at the hilltop, says that she just wants to take their stuff, and Enid agrees because they're fucking pathetic, and she's right. How? How? What if these assholes had gone to the garbage people? They'd be dead. They'd have been thrown into the Thunderdome with fucking the latest uh, spiked, dreaded-out zombie, and they'd be dead. They'd mm-hmm. gone to the Saviors, they'd be dead. If they went to the hilltop... Or Alexandria or the kingdom, they might not be dead. Mm-hmm. But they are completely pathetic. It's amazing. I, 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 she talks about how much she's wandered later in the episode and how many people she's contacted. I am fully skeptical that this has ever happened. Yeah, it, it makes me assume there is some special knowledge. Well, I, the episode all but says it, that yeah. Georgie knows a lot about the community that she's dealing with, and I don't understand how that's possible. I know. The only thing is, so when I saw the name of this episode and I thought, hmm, what could that mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the only key 
that I can think of is the key card, the PPP card that Heath had right. when he left. And so I'm thinking maybe it's, it's possibly Heath who's informing them about what uh, kind of community they got. But but there's no fucking way. This show has forgotten about Heath entirely. I don't think they have. They, I don't have, think they have. They have. They fucking have. He's not coming back ever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's the only, that's really the only I guess the only thing that makes sense. Because I don't I don't know what kind of spy network she has, but right. I mean she I has just, a lot of info. I just can't. I just thought it'd be like I don't know. I just I keep like backseat riding the show. Like mm-hmm. Georgie should have shown up there with her thing, and then Maggie should have tried to get the drop on it, and then you reveal like Georgie reveals that there's like sniper teams in the hills all around, and it's a it's a stalemate. Because Georgie's like, well, I can kill you, and Maggie's like, but then uh, my people will find you and eliminate you, and then they're at an impasse. Well, let's let's let they hear us out then. Uh-huh. But like, Georgie is just pathetic. She's a lamb to the slaughter. Yeah, and I don't. Again, nobody, I guess, asks these questions or thinks about these things in the writing room, and it's really <laughs> frustrating. Uh, shall we move on? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michonne says that Carl trusted someone, and look, we got a doctor and a friend now. And then she tells Enid to step off because Enid got up in her personal space. Uh, Enid's very breathy in this scene. I don't know if this has yeah. been something Caitlin does all the time, but it just <laughs> at, at the end of every sentence, uh, she's flouncing oh. off. She's just. <laughs> um, Maggie says, "Look, Michonne, things don't just work out." And Michonne says, "You're right. They don't. We got to try real hard, and we can't give up on who Carl wanted us to be." Michonne literally, Carl's stepmom, the only one repping Carl's memory in any kind of productive way. She's she's come in in three seasons worth of trying to describe what they're actually looking for as an end goal for this show. Mm-hmm. She's come the closest right. in this scene, but still quite something quite isn't right there. Right. Um, like she just says there has to be something after, and you get a nebulous sense of what she's trying to say mm-hmm. and she comes very close to actually saying something meaningful but then she doesn't yeah because because no one ever does on this show yeah and it's also weird to be talking about what comes after while you're still in the fight for your life yeah like get win the war and then decide although i guess in this kind of like with that absent geneva convention winning the war probably implies it's completely wiping out the other tribe mm-hmm Although I don't know, like, is there precedent for that in human history? Like, even Genghis Khan, like, would let you surrender. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he might exact a huge toll on you, or he might kill, like, every man in your village to keep you from you know, uh, rising up over him. But, like, the idea that you're just going to just kill everybody to kill them, men, women, and children, not not a lot of precedent, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, so Negan continues to taunt Rick throughout the basement. Uh, Rick then says, I'm going to light your baseball bat on fire and proceeds to do that. And it's kind of awesome, honestly. It is, yeah. And I'm like, this kind of is cool. This might be cool. But then Negan tackles, he's he's infuriated, he tackles Rick through a door that's marked Eaters, which, Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ, what's with all the stupid names for zombies, man? This might be the dumbest one. I don't know. That goes back Eater. way, way, way back into yeah, the they're, they're the eaters. They're the eaters, um, which is full of what turns out to be incredibly flammable zombies. Mm-hmm. These things are made out of wicker, furniture, and kerosene because the merest touch of that flaming Lucille, and they just go they just go up like Roman candles. 
uh, Rick and Negan fight forever. They just take turns, like, clumsily dodging flaming Lucille's yeah. and tackling each other. They can't land any in any any real licks, licks on Rick, each other. Rick does, though. Here's another instance of Negan being fucking bulletproof, a built like a tank. He does he get a He takes a full-on shot to the arm f- from Lucille. And has no repercussions whatsoever. He is wearing a leather jacket, but on the other but hand... it's a baseball bat. And it's, he it's, has bones, right? And Human it, bones and it's, in it's, his body? It's on fire and wrapped with barbed wire. <laughs> it is. And so, covered in guts. Well, so I feel I like know. the fire probably... Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, cleansed all. Guts not but, a problem, but the bones, the yeah, bone breaks. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because like, all of my leather bike ja- biker jackets have built-in armor. Oh yeah, like I, I think I could take a baseball swing with my with with, with one of with one of my jackets on. I wouldn't want. I to. I wouldn't want to, but <laughs> no. I, you know, I I I I would say I'd lay good odds on my bones not breaking. But hmm. I don't know. But I, it also Negan doesn't look like he's wearing that kind. It's he's more just of a leather jacket. It's more like a stylish. yeah, like a, sh- a show jacket rather than a yeah. You know, anything is offering useful protection. Uh, Negan manages to then jump out a window and escape after he reclaims Lucille. Uh. Does he reclaim Lucille? He does. He yeah? does. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, that's the thing. It's like, I wonder if there's going to be some kind of like bullshit psychological damage here because he's throughout this episode, he's just like saying how beautiful Lucille is. Mm-hmm. And now Lucille's essentially been Dwightified. Yeah. You know, is that going to make him make her even more beautiful than Negan or, or, or is it going to cause him to uh, look astray? He's going to, you know, see a, a hot looking hockey stick and, and uh, <laughs> leave her high and dry. Uh, uh, so Maggie offers one crate of records and Georgie says she'll accept it, uh, and give her several crates of food in return as a down payment on the future because she's giving them the key to the future. which turns out to be a handmade binder full of plans for windmills, silos, grain refineries, aqueducts, mm-hmm. and says that she's going to be able to make so much shit from this that next time she returns, she'll be repaid. Uh, and Maggie seems to be impressed by information that can be found at any public library, which <laughs> right. there are, which there are hundreds and hundreds of books uh-huh. that are and libraries that are not being used for anything but Abraham and Rosita bone sessions in the apocalypse, <laughs> apparently. I don't I, know. I like the idea of a woman who undoubtedly is hoarding all of the solar panels and computer systems for herself and is going around handing out medieval technology manuals. Right, right. Because we can do better than this. We really can. We have a lot of solar panels that are already built. That's true. Already available. That's true. Good to go. On the other hand, with humanity being so small at this point, I think that you could probably go back to this kind of technology and Mm -hmm. save those for maybe other purposes. But you're right. Yeah, like, isn't... I mean, I don't know. Maybe you do need a windmill to 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 grind flour up, but... Or just a motor, like an engine, a, right. a motor of some kind, you know? Right. <laughs> Powered by the sun. Right. Because it's going to be, t- I mean, like, you know, I, I don't know if we talked about this for a while, but I was reading, um, I was reading something that a scientist said a couple of years back where, like, if we ever do have some kind of apocalyptic event, like, say, an mm-hmm. asteroid hits and it wipes out 99% of civilization and the technology is destroyed, it's going to be very hard to restart the Industrial Revolution because most of the natural resources that are still in the planet, you need very high technology to reclaim because all the shit where you just stick a hole in the ground and up come the ground comes a bubble and crude, like yeah. Beverly Hillbilly style, so we've sucked up. 
Mm-hmm. All the easy to get to coal and natural, like you have to like really have some heavy industry. So it's like one of these chicken and eggs situations where, you know, unless there's enough seed left that you can get back there very quickly, you might never get back because that shit re- replenishes in geologic time. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel him on that. But I think like that would be true if we didn't understand that there's a, a relentless energy source out there in the form of solar and mm. wind and yeah. hydropower. Like, well, and you're right. If, not, if you only had to support 1% of the human uh, population, you could probably get all your needs from that. But what happens, like, I mean, that's the thing, We though. would just what, build what a happens, different type of industrial revolution, I think. What happens when, because solar cells are not made out of, like, fucking Minecraft shit. You can't right. just punch trees and make a solar panel. Like, yeah. you need rare earth materials. Well, and, you need some kind of recycling program, which I don't know what it, yeah. what it would take to do that. Hmm. Um, to recycle all the shit we've already mined yeah, that's readily available in Jadis' backyard. I mean, my position is we play it safe and we try not to get in any situation that would might, might even come close to cause an apocalypse because, yeah, that's maybe we play good. our cards right, yeah. we can bounce back from this, but, you know, Jesus, people, let's, 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 not, let's not gamble. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's that scene. Uh, Enid then is confused on the hilltop walls with Maggie uh, because – or, no, it's actually Michonne – about how random and arbitrary life is, because she blows away uh, what's-her-face's grandma, and she lives, and Carl spares a dude, and he's dead, and we should what are we supposed to do, not fight? And Michonne says, Jesus Christ, what the fuck is with all this black and white thinking? <laughs> we kick the savior's ass in, but then there will be something after where we have to try to make a peace. Yeah. And, like, Jesus, like, that's not, not a fucking really hard concept to understand, but it's taken a season and a half to develop the theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Simon and Dwight come back to the Saviors and pronounce Negan gone. Simon then gives a rousing speech about how they're going to go to the hilltop and wipe them out in Negan's memory, and they're all fucking really jonesed about it. Negan, who, after escaping and completely befuddling Rick as to where he's gone, must have just passed out. Like, all this injuries he sustained just overwhelmed him. back on him, yeah. And somehow Jade has found him and has strapped him into this, to the, the passenger seat of his car. She's driving down the gun held on, and he comes to and says, well, shit, and then she knocks him out cold. And this is why I don't believe that any of that intricate puzzle pieces coming together is going was, to inten- was intentional. Well, yeah, it was even intentional. Because what the fuck? They're just going to th- say... We don't care how Jadis got here. We yeah. don't care where she came from or how she spotted Negan. Right. Uh, even what side of the fucking building he'd come out on. Yeah. How would she know that? But right. here, it, here it is. We're just going to throw her right in the middle and say, she caught him. Yeah. It's so stupid. Yeah. Like it's Negan so wrecked. Fucking... Negan wrecked. Jadis found uh, him. Brain dead writing. Yeah. If it's if it's hard to figure out something, just 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 yada yada through it. No yeah. even yada yada. Just cut to it. Cut to the thing you want to happen. Fuck transitions. Yeah. Which I know I know might be a perfectly fine way to defensively write the show because if the the odds are if they tried to show the transition, it would be fucked up beyond True. all belief. So why even try? Why even yeah. try? Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's the episode. I am encouraged though that the the ratings arc is just like this true bell curve here. It's like oh, yeah, it it, it goes up the in the middle, it goes down at the end, and yeah. way down. Yeah, and then I noticed that there was like people were saying, oh, you know the the ratings for this first episode of this season were like back more towards the high end of the last season average, but mm-hmm. the the next few episodes crashed back to. They've lost, what, another 30 or 40% from the season before? Yeah, I mean, uh, season eight 
premiere, not the mid-season premiere, mm-hmm. but the, the very beginning of it, mm-hmm. was eleven and a half million. Right. Uh, we're at six and a half million now. So right. you lost another fifty percent of your audience. Congratulations. Right. From the high of like eighteen. Uh huh. Yeah. So, yeah. No, it's it's trash. They're not even trying. They're. I don't know what they're doing with this show, but they might not be doing anything with it. They might just be riding it into the ground and then hoping that they can ride the back of Fear the Walking Dead, which mm-hmm. maybe, uh, from what I hear, they're putting a little more effort into I mean, as far it's a, as writing it's goes. It's a better show. There's a debate on our forums this week. I of, haven't seen it, so I can't really right. talk about it. Since the first half season, which was god-awful. Yeah. Um, but I heard season three is better, and season four looks like it's continuing that trend. But there's a debate on that on our forums, forums.baldmove.com, and... It seems like, yeah, it's better, but like only in comparison to The Walking Dead. Like if you compare it to almost any other like top ten, top twenty show, it's still got pretty massive problems. Oh yeah. So, which again, it's a shame because I I maintain there's nothing that says you can't make a very good zombie apocalypse television show that's mm-hmm. gripping and has real human drama and is interesting and complex plots and interesting characters no one apparently has an interest in doing that sure it's either schlock or schlock masquerading as a prestige serious drama uh but yeah that's the episode man hey uh, i want to tell everybody about the club before we get the feedback uh if you like our podcast um and, and honestly I, I i don't i don't know why you do uh, <laughs> this is this is a terrible show and not a great podcast about it. But we actually do a lot of other good work. So 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 maybe may, maybe this will just be the ad to be like ah you know but but uh, if you if you like what we do at Bald Move you can support us by joining the club. And it's not just altruism. No no you get you get stuff in return. You get ad free feeds and VIP access to our forums and uh, first run Bald Movie complete spoiler uh, reviews and extra bonus audio and video content such as our video game playthroughs. Um, this is not like Twitch. This is something we just do privately. We have a lot of fun doing. We play like adventure Telltale style games right now. Now we're playing the Square Enix uh, follow-up to Life is Strange, the, the the prequel to Life is Strange, Before, Before the, the Storm. storm. Uh, we had a lot of fun uh, last month with the first episode. We'll be playing the second episode and releasing that this Wednesday, and it's exclusive to club members. If you would like to get any of that content or any of our other uh, exclusive content for subscribers only, go to club.baldmove.com and sign up. We appreciate your support, and I think you'll enjoy extra content. Do you have the the feedback of the week, which you can send in at watchingdead at baldmove.com? I do. I do. Um, Sean from Houston has a quick question. And this is is kind of more of a meta thing about our show. Uh, But I wanted to talk about it. He says, I already expected to hear you guys complain about each episode. You already know and expect how the show is written. So why do you review it like you expected it to be very good? Want to just enjoy the show as a poorly written show now? Uh, Isn't that what's what's how is that different from what we're actually doing? Because I don't enjoy poorly written shows. Yeah. I enjoy ridiculous shows yeah. that are well written and know what they are. I I don't enjoy shows that are just plain badly written. And I, I if I were not doing podcasts on them for uh-huh. eight years running now, I probably wouldn't do a podcast on a show yeah. that is this poorly written. Yeah, and the other thing is like uh, I thought. Se- the second episode still not good but it was entertaining and right. i guess if that i mean if they could deliver that every week this would be a very different podcast and i'd be a lot less angry and it'd be a lot more just like ridiculous and jokey and i mean i i'm gonna say like i i think 
we still I, I mean I just it I can't think of a show funny. that's poorly written that I enjoy yeah Th- yeah. That doesn't exist. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, there's. I mean, dumb Z Nation stuff. is not a poorly written show, right? Z Nation is a well written show that is completely over the top, ridiculous, right? And knows that it is, right? Um, I'm trying to think. I of don't like, know. I just like, don't enjoy those shows. You know, like True Blood is a pretty guilty pleasure of mine. Um, is it a poorly written show? Uh... In later seasons, sure. Yeah, okay. but there was still, but they still like knew what you wanted in, in, in from the show and and gave you plenty mm-hmm. of that too. Yeah, so it was very it was very like poorly written, but also very campy and very fun mm-hmm. um, for the most part. Uh, so like that's the thing. Like I, I mean, what would a show where we just expect it to be terrible and then enjoy it looks like? You know, it's like I just bit into this burrito. And every bit but the corn salsa is rancid. <laughs> Even if I know that. Oh, I'm enjoying it so much. I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah. Like, I, you know, now that I now that I know it's going to give me fucking bloody diarrhea, I can yeah. really appreciate the flavors of rancidness and disgustingness that's happening. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I don't think I don't know if it works like that. I don't even know what that show would look like. What would that podcast I mean, and I mean, look at look at the way we covered twenty four. Right? Yeah, that show is ridiculous. Right, and we covered it as such. Yeah. Um, the 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 Walking Dead does not know that it is ridiculous. Right, is the problem. Right. Um, and so we treat it as if I guess we treat it the way that the writers want us to treat it, mm-hmm. which is seriously. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that just doesn't work out for The Walking Dead, unfortunately. Yeah. 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 So I don't. I don't know. But it's like imagine if like Bozo the Clown came up for your 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 child's birthday and said, "Hey, I just want to talk. I want I, I want to talk about um, a serious subject. <laughs> oh, shit. I want to talk about uh, still got the nose on and the shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I, <laughs> I, I want to talk about um, I don't know the Holocaust. No oh, fuck. And you're like, okay, fine." Let's see what Bozo the Clown has to say about the Holocaust. And he opens his mouth and he's a Holocaust denier. Okay. You know, how, what are you going to put on Yelp? Uh-huh. Well, he said he's going to talk about the Holocaust, so I guess this, I mean, come on, man. Like, I, 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 yeah. Like I said, I'm, I'm trying to think of what a show would look like where we just like, yeah, we know it's going to be terrible and we enjoy it as such. You have to, like, stuff that's so bad it's good has a little charm to it, man. Yeah. Uh, but only if the the person in charge of it knows that, I guess. Or there is, there is unintentional comedy like like The Room there for example. There is, but right? I feel like that isn't sustainable. Yeah. Like you couldn't make a series out of The Room that every week was a shit show right. and people watched in huge numbers because they just go, "Oh, this is terrible." Right, right. This is terrible and it was funny the first 2 weeks, but Right. Uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe some people would really dig the room, the TV series. But but that's the thing is like the room. If like if Tommy Wiseau was not in the room, and it was just some random terrible soap opera star. Mm-hmm. No one, it would not be a cult classic because he kind of makes it. Like he right. is terrible, but also kind of awesome and completely unaware of both of those qualities. And that's why it works. But yet he's delivering the thing that you want. And that's what The Walking Dead doesn't do, right? Right. It has not been delivering on its promise for right. years now. Right. And I, like I said, I feel like we, you know, like Greg Nicotero is the type of guy who wears uh, John Lennon glasses and a beret. Like he carries himself with the swagger of like a French auteur. Okay. 
Yeah. But he directs this. And and he's like also very aware of it. I mean, it's like it's I don't know. It's very hard to, it's it's very hard to find the the sweet spot with this show. I yeah. don't know. I felt like we were doing. I, I don't know. I felt like we were doing a good job for what it was, but we're trying. We're 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 trying our best to guide them in the right direction. Yeah. Here we're and that's the thing. We're not only telling them where they've gone astray, but what they could do to fix it. And that's what's so and irritating no because we've been taking shit. We've been taking shit for people for a long time, but we were the canary in the coal mine. Yes. Back when yeah. back when the only thing that was wrong with the show was the corn salsa, we were saying, this corn salsa tastes off. <laughs> and people were like, shut up. Why got to nitpick it? Why can't you yeah. just enjoy it? And now when the show's just and, literally and at shit. at the end of the day, like after their, their corn salsa burrito, they'd be a little bit tired, right? right. They need to go to bed early. Right, right. They'd feel mm, just not right. 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 But like in you know my mind if like the show had taken any of this criticism as the like the professional critics would say this stuff and we were saying this stuff and then slowly all the professional critics just stopped covering this ridiculous yeah. show yeah. if at any time they had you know taken that to heart but not you know they've been enabled by their audience and I don't know how many millions of people will continue to watch this show um 6.6 <laughs> Right. The, oh, I don't think the, the show's found it. its floor. No, 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 no. Because like I imagine there's a lot of fans that are like, oh, man, I kind of want to see what happens post All Out War. And, mm-hmm. like, the garbage people are dumb, but maybe that's just the... But now this Georgie person shows up, and it looks like to be kind of garbage person 2.0. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a completely weird scenario. Like, this weird kind of presidential figure stepping out of her fucking, you know, post-apocalyptic motorcade mm-hmm. and instantly take... I mean, it's just... No, it's not as bad as the garbage people, but it kind of is because none of this stuff makes sense. Like she's got bodyguards who can't guard her body, uh-huh. and she's asking for fucking bullets and whoopee cushions. I, it's that's just, just it's fundamentally ridiculous, and yet all the characters take it seriously. Like there's not even one person this episode said, "What the fuck is with the records?" Yeah. Do they have... They did that even with the garbage people, they did that. Yeah, like, even Rick and Michelle like, are these people for real? You know, but no one, like, it was all about how these are people who are not fit for survival, not that it's ludicrous. Like, what is this woman dressed like the the architect from The Matrix Mm -hmm. with, I don't know, like, the the, the two Australian weirdos from Ace Ventura 2 backing her up? Like, what, what is going on? Like... I mean, I, honestly, what I want to see when Enid and Mags and Michonne and Rosita got to the hilltop is like two minutes of them just kind of going around tag teaming on how silly this was. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like that, that would have been that, that the this, this show just needs to be a little bit more self-aware. Mm-hmm. If they're going to put this out, like lean into it. But that makes me think that the show itself does not know how stupid this is. And yeah. that's the infuriating part. Yes. Uh, I'd love I'd love to be able to wink with them, but they're just they're just they're just staring me down. They give me the creep creepy creepy stare down, and I, I it's make it feel uncomfortable. All right, watching dead at baldmove dot com. If you have suggest further suggestions on how to cover the show, uh, is that all? Is that all we got? Are we out of here? Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, you know the routine. Uh, we'll be back this weekend for another live watch where we, in real time, break down the ridiculousness, and we'll be back for another podcast next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya.